Welcome to City Life Church, and this is our podcast. This is Pastor Dave Diefendorf, and we are so honored to have you join us today. Our passion is to help you discover who God is, grow in the likeness of Jesus, and lead well in this generation. I hope in this message, God will meet you where you're at and take you to the next level in your connection with Him and His kingdom. Enjoy the message. Glad you're here. Pretty crazy stuff, right? Uh, pretty serious situation. Actually, uh, obviously, any flu uh, virus out there is serious. But uh, this week, it seemed like another pandemic broke out. Uh, fear. And I don't know if you felt it, but uh, yeah, there is a little pandemic of fear. And um, I'll just say this. If you're imagining a future without Jesus in it, repent of that picture. Repent of those pictures that fear tends to produce. But if Jesus isn't in those pictures, as followers of Jesus, uh, that's where the rub is. Is Jesus in, those, uh, in the future? And he is. And really, whose hands is our future in? God's anyways, right? Amen. So what are we freaking out about? Shouldn't. Um, and in my estimation, I think culturally, probably things are going to get worse before they get better. Just to kind of give you a heads up. But uh, I think that we as the people of God need to keep our attention and focus on the one who holds all things together. Amen? Amen. So practice good hygiene. Make the Wuhan handshake a thing. Whatever you want to call it. You know, Corona shake, Rona shake, whatever. You could also do the foot. I've also seen people do the foot shake. Anyway, so uh, anyway, but just keep loving people well, right? A.K.A. be the church. Keep being the church. Amen. So let's pray before we dive in to God's Word. Lord God, we thank you that your Word anchors our soul in whatever uh, cultural milieu that we swim in and the chaos that is produced by it. God, we thank you that you are the anchor of our souls. God, you're the one that brings your truth and your life into this reality. And God, you use your image bearers, your people, to bring that to, as we prayed earlier, a city set on a hill, a people who are filled with the faith and life of God. So Lord, I pray that today, in that spirit, God, you would teach us a new ways to pray and to give us language for that prayer. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, over the last four weeks, we've been going through the book of Psalms, and the Psalms says, 150 psalms, so we weren't going to go line by line through the psalms. I wanted to uh, highlight certain psalms that help give us language for prayer. Because when we first come to God, it may be a new, brand new experience. And it's like, well, you know, what's the language? And a lot of times we use the language that we hear other people, maybe other religious people. And we, oh, man, he, he prayed this way, and so I like that. And so we kind of follow form but that's not what God's after. God's actually after our heart. But uh, any married couple knows that uh, you're usually poor communicators on the front end of a new marriage. But hopefully through years of working on communicating that you finally get to a place where, man, I can freely and fully express what's on my heart. And in the same way, we want to be able to be mature followers of Jesus that are not scared to bring God our fear, our pain, our sin. And last week we talked about uh, bringing God our praise. 
and how significant that is, a prayer of praise. Being a, and, and today we're going to get into actually um, a, a prayer of adoration, a prayer praying through adoration. And uh, this is David's last psalm that he wrote. So this was his last contribution to the tome of Scripture, and this was at the end of his life. And this psalm was actually sung in the Jewish community, in the Hebrew community, twice in the morning and once at night. And we're going to look today at Psalm 145. Psalm 145, um, and I'm just going to, we're just going to get in it, all right? Uh, Adoration, let me kind of define a little bit what adoration is. Adoration, or face-to-face prayer, is loving and magnifying the Lord above all else in every circumstance. It's adoring the Lord. All of life is an opportunity to see and to love Him more, and through adoration, your connection to the Lord moves kind of out of the shallow end and into a deeper, broader, more magnificent walk with the Lord when we come to Him through adoration. And uh, the Catholics kind of have a version of adoration, so if you kind of grew up Catholic, when I mention adoration, uh, maybe set a new category. Uh, I'm not trying to compete necessarily with kind of the, the Catholic um, kind of tradition. So, uh, but adoration, to, it means to honor and admire profoundly. To honor and admire profoundly, implying love. To adore God is to not talk about Him or talk around Him, but to Him. Uh, many of you know my, my father passed away last year, and um, tremendous father. And uh, uh, he was a father that was very um, comfortable with expressing emotion, and uh, uh, he was my greatest encourager. Uh, every time I was on the phone with him, it would always be um, showering things my way. And uh, about, I don't know, 10, 15 years ago, something clicked. You know, when you kind of get older, you know, out of the house and after a while, and you start seeing how much your dad did do, if you, if you had a dad, hopefully um, a good one. Uh, but you start recognizing, my gosh, he's given his life uh, to elevate mine. And so just began to reverse that encouragement. So instead of being encouraged by my father, I began encouraging my father. And one year I, I wrote a letter uh, just detailing. I just really sat down and tried to, as much as I could, express how great of a father he was. And that was about 15 years ago. Well, uh, going through his things, um, he kept uh, this one master journal that uh, I gave him many years ago to kind of detail the details of his childhood and his life. So I'm very intrigued by that. And uh, right when I opened it up, it was my letter. And uh, it looked well-worn. And I believe a father cherishes the praise of their children. How much more God. So many times we come to the Lord with needs and wants and crisis, and we need an immediate 
God. But I think that we've, uh, through kind of our culture and our expediency of everything, we've lost our ability to actually be in awe of who God really is. And adoration prayer is taking time to say, you know what? I'm not coming to God for anything. I'm coming to proclaim how great God is. And the fine details, not just saying he's great, and we'll get into Psalm 145. David goes beyond just saying God is great. And he starts being very specific as to who God is and how great he is. So, let's dive in. Psalm 145, it says, A praise of David. I'm just going to read the whole thing, and we'll go back. I will exalt you, my God and King, and praise your name forever and ever. I will praise you every day. Yes, I will praise you forever. Great is the Lord. He is most worthy of praise. No one can measure his greatness. Let each generation tell its children of your mighty acts. Let them proclaim your power. I will meditate on your majestic, glorious splendor and your wonderful miracles. Your awe-inspiring deeds will be on every tongue. I will proclaim your greatness. Everyone will share the story of your wonderful goodness. They will sing with joy about your righteousness. The Lord is merciful and compassionate, slow to get angry and filled with unfailing love. The Lord is good to everyone. He showers compassion on all his creation. All of your works I will thank you, Lord, and your faithful followers will praise you. They will speak of the glory of your kingdom. They will give examples of your power. They will tell about your mighty deeds and about the majesty and glory of your reign. For your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom. You rule throughout all generations. The Lord always keeps his promises. He is gracious in all he does. The Lord helps the fallen and lifts those bent beneath their loads. The eyes of all look to you and hope. You give them their food as they need it. When you open your hand, you satisfy the hunger and thirst of every living thing. The Lord is righteous in everything he does. He is filled with kindness. The Lord is close to all who call on him. Yes, all who call on him in truth. He grants the desires of those who fear him, and he hears their cries for help and rescues them. The Lord protects all those who love him, and he destroys the wicked. I will praise the Lord, and may everyone on earth Bless his holy name forever and ever. Amen. So Psalm 145, it says a praise of David. And it's really the only time in all the Psalms that it says it's a praise. It's a praise. And it's interesting that it's the last thing that he contributed to Scripture. It's a praise. It's a, it's a man older in years looking back on his life and seeing the greatness and the faithfulness and the love of God. And he wants not just the, that generation to know how great he is. He wants all future generations to know how great God is. And like I said, this is a psalm that was recited twice in the morning and once at night. This was a constant prayer of the Jewish people. And he starts off, he says, I will exalt you, my God and King. Praise your name forever and ever. I will praise you every day. Yes, I will praise you forever. Great is the Lord. He's most worthy of praise. No one can measure his greatness. Last week we said praise is a decision. 
praise is a decision. As followers of Jesus, it's not um, mature enough for us to kind of wait for some fleeting emotion to kind of finally hit us, and then we say, oh man, praise God. It's a decision, an act of the will. I will praise God with my life. I will praise Him every day. I will praise Him forever and ever. David piled praise upon praise, declaring God's greatness and worthiness to be praised wholeheartedly. He's all in. This is the, the he just starts off. I mean, imagine, uh, and, and it, I mean, it's, it's definitely not monotone. You know, I will exalt you, my God and King. Praise your name forever. It's not, it just, you can tell that David's heart is completely, fully praising God. But yet, how many of us are content with half-hearted praise? He goes on, he says, Let each generation tell its children of your mighty acts. Let them proclaim your power. I'll meditate on your majestic, glorious splendor, your wonderful miracles, your awe-inspiring deeds will be on every tongue. I will proclaim your greatness. Everyone will share the story of your wonderful goodness. And they will sing. You can see this kind of picture where the older generation is, is telling of the mighty things that God has done in their past. And it's opening up the eyes of the next generation to say, wow, God is that great? Yeah, let me tell you about him. This is what he's done. This is how faithful he's been. This is how loving he's been. This is how great he's been. But then there's this, also this other interplay of the next generation telling of the new things God is doing and proclaiming what God is doing to the older generation. And it's just this wonderful interplay of God's kingdom being multi-generational. So good. He says, uh, uh, Charles Spurgeon, a famous theologian back in the day, he says, each generation shall contribute its chapter and all the generations together shall compose a volume of matchless character. Imagine our generation, it's uh, producing a chapter. What's our chapter going to look like? Half-hearted praise or wholehearted praise? Consumed with our life or consumed with his life? David meditated not only on the great things God did, but he gave special attention to who God is. Not just what he's done, but about who he is, the glory and wonder of who God is. And it seems out of the flow of experience with who God is, he starts declaring or adoring who God is. In verse, four, in verse gosh, 8, the Lord is merciful and compassionate slow to get angry. He starts getting in the very details of the character of God. He's merciful, compassionate, slow to get angry, filled with unfailing love. He begins using language to create a picture, an accurate picture of who God is. It says, the Lord is good to everyone. He showers compassion on all His creation. David, I said, David goes much deeper than merely stating that God's great. And it's very easy for us, I think, um, if you've been following Jesus for a, little, for a while, beyond just a season, it's very easy for us to kind of get into a religious rhythm 
Again, like I said, that follows a certain form, but is void of Holy Spirit life. And so, this language of adoring the Lord, or praying through adoration, and coming and giving language and, uh, to who God is, is some of the most powerful thing you could do as a follower of Jesus. Because how many of you know that we are very easily overwhelmed by life, right? AKA this week, right? <laughs> We're overwhelmed. And we can get so consumed with our view of reality that it is, it's almost, uh, what word do I want to use? It's essential. That as a follower of Jesus, we don't live that life but that we live with our head above the clouds. If that we elevate, that we, as we spend time and seeing with who God is, wow, God, you're greater than this circumstance. You're greater than this pain. You're greater than this fear. It's essential that we magnify the Lord. It says, all your works will thank you Lord, and your faithful followers. He gets into sound now seeing that now creation, not only your people, but actually all of creation is declaring your greatness. It says they will speak of the glory of your kingdom. Your followers says there are many things to talk about, but all too little do we speak of the glory of God's kingdom and his great power. I mean, really, when was the last time that you were kind of having a normal conversation with someone and someone interrupted to say, hey, let me tell you what God did this week. Hey, let me tell you what I'm, I'm getting from the Lord here. This is what I, I was reading His Word and I just kind of saw something. Man, let me share. Or God really answered a prayer this week. Like we said a couple weeks ago, when, we're, when, when God answers prayer, uh, are we celebrating that? Are we taking time to say, man, God pulled through. But usually we're just kind of on to the next. Humans are forgetful, some more than others. Amen? If you have a relationship, I mean, one of the, one of, we're so forgetful, but one of the things that I'm like, what was I saying? You know, I've said that more in the last like two years than I have forever combined. Like, wait, what was I saying? Like, what was, man, we're forgetful. We're very forgetful. And there's this theme all throughout Scripture of a charge to humans. Remember. 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 Remember what God did. Remember. I mean, almost every, every festival of the, of almost every, but uh, of, the, of the Jewish feasts were to what? Remember. Remember how faithful God was. That He's always faithful to His covenant. And he's always going to pull through. Adoring God reminds us who and how great God really is. Adoring the Lord. And since his rule and dominion last forever, we should, so should our adoration of him be. So David dives back into praising God for who he is. He says, he kind of dives back and he starts proclaiming more about who God is. The Lord is, the Lord always keeps his promises. He's a promise keeper. He is gracious in all he does. The Lord helps the fallen and lifts those bent beneath their loads. 
Man, thank God we serve a God like that, right? He comes down and lifts up our head. He lifts up that burden. How different than all the other gods. It's wild. He's so good. The Lord helps the fallen. It says, oh, sorry, verse 15, the eyes of all look to you in hope. You give them their food as they need it. When you open your hand, you satisfy the hunger and thirst of every living thing. How much is our heart looking for that satisfied or satisfying uh, hunger and thirst to be satisfied? Wow, that didn't... I think you know what I mean. Put that in the uh, translator. You'll know what that means. But... When you think of it, it's like, man, we spend so much time, energy, money, effort, mental bandwidth, thinking about how do we satisfy our hunger and thirst that we feel in our life. And how easy it is for us to pursue everything else but God. Everything else that, other than the one that will actually get to the depths of your soul to satisfy says, the Lord is righteous in everything he does. He's filled with kindness. The Lord is close to all who call on him. Yes, all who call on him in truth. He grants the desires of those who fear him. He hears their cries for help and rescues them. The Lord protects all those who love him, but he destroys the wicked. And then the last phrase that we have written from King David is this. This is his last kind of testament. He says this. He says, I will praise the Lord and may everyone on earth bless his holy name forever and ever. The joy and the profound delight he found in God who supplied and continues to all his needs and ours. So what I wanted to do is practice and actually do adoration prayer together uh, as, a, as a whole community. Uh, just so you can kind of sense what this is. Uh, and again, it's a new language to prayer. The Psalms gives us new language to relate to God. And so uh, I just took what we just went through and made them declarative statements of who God is. And so uh, let's read that together and then we're going to stand it's a little short message today. Then we're going to stand and just declare that together, and then we'll pray. So, taken from Psalm 145, God, you are our God and King. You are a God of glorious splendor. You are a righteous and just God. You are kind and filled with mercy. You are a patient God and full of unfailing love. You are compassionate on everyone. You have a glorious, everlasting kingdom. I will praise you. Father, you are a powerful God. You are a God of miracles. You are faithful to us. You help the fallen and you lift me up. You are filled with kindness. You're a God who fulfills our desires. You are a protecting God who loves us. I will praise you. Amen. It's, it's taking the attributes or, or who God's revealed himself to be to you so like in this last season, I feel like God is, because God's so multifaceted. 
if, if you ever get bored with God, you're not doing it right. I mean, like, there's so many dynamic elements to who God is, and, and uh, one of the things that, that I, I, for me personally, I mean, if you were to ask the question, God, what aspect of you have you been revealing to me lately? Let's just take a minute. And I, I really, I feel like God really wants you to, to go out with exactly what the answer to that question is for you. So let's just take a minute. God, let's just, let's just uh, kind of go to the Lord in a little prayer here. God, over this last season, how have you been revealing yourself to me? Has he been showing you his protection? Has he been showing you his kindness? Maybe his discipline as a good father? Maybe it's he's revealed himself as a comforter. Maybe he's revealed himself as a counselor, one that you go to for wisdom. What about the satisfier of your heart? Each and every season, God is trying to reveal more and more to you of who he is. And I believe that David's charge to us is that we would not walk through life blindly and living in the shallow end of our relationship with God, but that through adoration and through declaring the greatness of who God is, that he would take us into a deeper part of the pool, broader, more richer view of God. Amen? There used to be an app out there. It was called the Adoration app, but they no longer kept, uh, made it up to date. So if you're a software developer, last night I was thinking, I was like, man, if there's somebody that knows how to create an app, please talk to me after the service because I got an idea for you. Might make a little money on it. So, uh, yeah, so let's stand and pray. We're just going to declare who God is together. We'll do this kind of united. You guys already brought a lot of faith here just showing up. So I know this, this room's full of faith already. All right, but we're going to do this together. All right, ready? Go. God, you are our God and King. You are a God of glorious splendor. You are a righteous and just God. You are kind and filled with mercy. You are a patient God and full of unfailing love. You are compassionate on everyone. You have a glorious, everlasting kingdom. I will praise you. Father, you are a powerful God. You are a God of miracles. You are faithful to us. You help the fallen and you lift us up. You are filled with kindness. You are a God who fulfills our desires. You are a protecting God who loves us. I will praise you. Amen. Let's pray. Lord God, we just thank you, Father, for how great you truly are. And may this week our eyes be fixed on you, the author and perfecter of our own faith. 
And that, God, that we would be a light in darkness, that as we prayed earlier, that we would be a voice of peace in times of chaos. And so, Lord, I pray that you would fill your people, not just here in this small kingdom outpost, but, God, I pray that you would rise up with all your kingdom people across the globe, and especially in this nation, God, to bring your light, your truth, and your gospel, the gospel of peace. How beautiful are the feet of one who brings the good news. Father, we thank you that we are your people. We thank you that you are our God and King. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, we hope this message has inspired you and challenged you to be the man or woman he's called you to be now and to see his kingdom grow in every area and arena of life. God is with you more than you know. For more information about our community here in Kansas City, please visit us online at citylifekc.org, and we'll see you next time on the City Life Podcast.